Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. And at point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. We better think twice about our whole perspective and perception of money. I think it's only going to get worse in the days ahead. I see us living in days where the yuppies control the mentality of more and more things and and I want this and I want that and I'll mortgage this home to get that home and I'll do this and I'll take this loan and all of these things and they're so blind to spiritual reality. Are we to be different? Absolutely. Pastor Steve Kreloff spoke those prophetic words years before the current economic troubles came along. Troubles largely generated by the very attitudes that he warned us about. Just as people have become upside down in their mortgages, owing more on their home than the current market value of the home, many of us, even professing Christians, are upside down in our attitudes toward eternal and earthly treasures. Today on Verse by Verse, Pastor Steve will be concluding his three-part message about materialism. It is part of a series of messages meant to show us what the Bible says about what we spend most of our time doing, work. Pastor Steve has been serving as the teaching pastor for over 27 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. It has been said that the only reason most Americans do not own an elephant is that no one is selling them for a small down payment and easy monthly installments. By and large, we want our stuff and we want it now. It makes no difference if we need it or if it will even improve our quality of life. And hardly anyone asks God if we should pursue some material goal in order to better serve Him. This leads to a lot of problems. Now here is Pastor Steve to tell us about some of them. It is amazing how Christians give themselves over to things that are so worldly, I don't mean things that are even sinful. They're just worldly in the sense that they're of this world. And we concentrate on those things, and they're so important to us. And and James brings us back to sobering reality, and he says it's not that important. It really isn't that important. The furniture and the cars and the houses and the clothing, it just isn't that important. You may You may not impress people, if you obey the word of God, but God says it's not that important. What's important are the things that really matter, the things that are eternal, things that do not decay. Some of us are into so many things. We all struggle with this. The boats and the cars, the houses, the the things, the things, the things, and we don't have time for the ministry. And we don't have time to get involved in the service of the Lord and Anybody who does, we seem to make a martyr of them and idolize them. Oh, you're sacrificing so much. 
No, all of us ought to be sacrificing, not because we're called to a pulpit ministry, because that's what the Word of God says. There is no security in riches and material goods. Absolutely none. My grandfather was a very wealthy man. He came from Russia when he was 16 years old. He came from a family of all professional doctors and dentists. He came to New York City, and uh, I don't know all the history of it, but he got involved in the stock market. He bought land, and he lost it all. The stock market crashed. He had a nervous breakdown. He bought a lot of land in a state called Florida. When he came to see the land, most of it was underwater, and he sold it. Today, it's called the Tamiami Trail. No security in riches, material goods. It's here today, gone tomorrow. And you invest your life in it, and something happens, you may have a nervous breakdown. If that's where your, where your treasure is, your heart's going to be. If that's where your heart is, yeah, you're going to have some problems. See, James is rebuking them for hoarding their wealth and thinking it'll last forever. Making money for money's sake. Selfishness. How about gold? Here's so much about gold. Fluctuates regularly. The value of the dollar isn't steady. I mean, it changes from one administration to another. So James tells us that Judgment, in the light of judgment, in the light of eternity, materialists have a real problem because their possessions mean nothing. They decay. So that's one problem a materialist has. And if you're thinking of being a materialist or you are a materialist, then realize that it's all going up someday. It's just going to go up. It just doesn't really matter that much. It's a thing and that's all it is. James says there's another problem that a materialist has. Dishonesty in gaining material possessions. Now, not everybody who's wealthy is dishonest. He's not saying that. These people were. Well, let's look what he says. Verse 4. Behold, the pay of the laborers who mowed your fields. You didn't think lawn mowing was in the Bible? Here it is. The pay of the laborers who mowed your fields and, and, and which has been withheld by you cries out against you. And the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth, or the Lord of hosts. Not only were materialists hoarding their their unused money and watching it decay, but they were dishonest in how they made their wealth. These materialists were. What does James mean? In James' day, the day laborer was generally an agricultural laborer, a hired hand. He'd work for his daily earnings. He didn't get paid at the end of a week. He would get paid at the end of a day. Poor people, very poor people who would, who would do this. Jewish people who, who worked for wealthy landowners. And they would somehow mow their fields. And after the day was over, they'd expect their money and the landowners through some technicality, perhaps some legal tech, technicality, uh, said, no, can't pay you today, and they were cheating them. They had so much money, they could pay them, but they were cheating them. And they were unfair and unjust, and the Bible always speaks against unfairness and always speaks against injustice, especially when it deals with an employer-employee relationship. For instance, 
The scripture says in Deuteronomy chapter 24, 15 and, uh, 14 and 15, you shall not oppress a hired servant who is poor and needy. You shall give him as hire on the day he earns it before the sun goes down, for he is poor and sets his heart upon it, lest he cry against you to the Lord and it be sin in you. Leviticus 19.13, the wages of a hired servant shall not remain with you all night until the morning. In other words, pay him now, pay him, pay him the agreement that you had with him. Proverbs 3, 27 and 28, do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow, I'll give it when you have it with you. Jeremiah 22:13. woe to him that builds his house by unrighteousness and his upper rooms by injustice, who makes his neighbor serve him for nothing and does not give him his wages. Malachi 3, 5, those who oppress the hirelings and his wages are under the judgment of God. God is very, very firm about this, very clear about this. Be fair, be just. And let me apply this to our 20th century situation. Are you fair? If you're an employer, are you fair with those who work for you? Or in your greed, do you look to cheat them of what they really deserve to make? And I want to say that it doesn't really matter what the going rate is. For a Christian, it really should not matter what the government says is minimum wage. I don't think that ought to be the Christian perspective. I think there's a lot of, of that going on in Christian, Christian circles in the name of, of good stewardship. And it really is just, it's just saying, how low could we get this person for? Or how low could we, could we pay this person and still get that person? The Bible says the laborer is worthy of his hire. Let me tell you what would, would absolutely blow the mind of people. If a Christian employer said, here's what others are paying, but you know what? I want to pay higher. I think you deserve it. I'd like to see you get more. I know nobody else is doing it. The government says, I don't have to pay you this much. You won't get paid higher any other place. I'm going to do it. I think, that, I, I think if someone wasn't a Christian and they heard that, they'd certainly wonder what faith you have and wonder what makes you tick. And I'm not talking about throwing money down the drain. I'm not talking about being a poor steward. I'm talking about being different, about being fair, regardless of what the government says or what your competitors say. Another application. In all your business dealings, be fair, whether you're an employer or an employee. Fair for the person who's selling you something and fair for the person who's purchasing something from you. I think it's unethical and non-Christ-like to look for the best bargain if the best bargain hurts someone else. I don't think it's wrong to look for the best bargain. If it hurts someone else, I think it's unethical. And I think we can go away gloating that we got such a great buy, but we have to wonder, was it a fair buy? Was it fair? I think that's the issue. If you don't allow fairness and justice to rule your life, I think it's unethical. You say, what if, what if you've been cheated? Well, that is verses 7 through 11, and you'll need to read that and, and uh, see what God's Word has to say. The end of verse 4 says that their cries, the Lord of Sabaoth, or the Lord of hosts, have heard the cry of those who have been cheated. That's another problem the materialist has. It goes along with being dishonest. God hears the cry of the oppressed. That's right. God knows their cry, just as in Exodus 3, the cries of the Jewish people were heard from, uh, from heaven as they cried from Egypt. God said to Moses, I have heard the cries of my people. 
Abel's blood cried out from the grounds, and that's simply an expression of saying, God knows what's going on. The Lord of Sabaoth simply means the Lord of hosts, which is an Old Testament Jewish expression that speaks of God's majesty and power, not only as creator and sovereign of the world, but also of the hosts of heaven. It means that God has the power to right the wrong. It is used, I think it's used about 23 times in the book of Malachi. And it says that God will take care of the oppressed. God has the power as the host, as the Lord of, of all of heaven to sovereignly deal with any problem. So, you want to be a materialist? The problem they have is dishonesty. And I'll tell you, one of the things they have is that you say, well, well, I, I wouldn't be dishonest. I'd pay my people well. But you know, the problem is when you live for money, you never have enough. Isn't that right? If you live for money, you never have enough. If you're, you know, when you're young, a dollar is a lot. But then that doesn't satisfy you if that's what you're living for. Then you have to have five dollars. And that's nothing after a while because you, you then want more and you want ten. And then you want a hundred and a thousand and a few thousand. It, it, it never stops. See, you can't have enough. I remember hearing, I think it was, uh, I think it was one of the Rockefellers, they said, how much is enough? The answer is nothing. You know, I, I can't get enough. Where do you stop? When do you say, I've made enough? You don't. Another problem a materialist has is the deception in living for material possessions. Verse 5. You have lived luxuriously on the earth and led a life of wanton pleasure. And isn't that true? Most who have money live like they have money. You fatten your hearts in a day of slaughter. Now, what's he saying there? You've lived like a king, but you're only fattening yourself for the slaughter like a pig. I mean, if I could be blunt, that's, that's what he's saying. James is speaking about the materialist because he's totally selfish and he's self-deceived. There is a deception in living for money. You think you are a king and you really are just being fattened like a pig. A pampered life of self-indulgence. You think you have it all when in reality judgment is coming and you're not prepared. One historian of that era says this, the word that's translated to, to live in soft luxury, live luxuriously, comes from a root which means to break down. It describes the soft living which in the end uh, saps and destroys a man's moral fiber. It's like the man who built barns, all his great barns, to put his, his uh, food in there and all of the grain. And, and God said, you fool, today your soul is required of you. I mean, you've given your life to living like, like you're, you really have it made and judgment is coming and it's here and you're a fool in the biblical sense. You've deceived yourself. You think everything is fine because you have all these things. But while the materialist stuffs himself with things, he is, he is just deceiving himself. That's what James is saying. He, he's fattening himself for the slaughter. Do you see that in verse 5? You fatten your hearts in a day of, of slaughter. Like a pig. It's like a pig that's being fed only so he can be slaughtered. I think one of the great illustrations of this is in Rome near the Colosseum was a place called the Palace of Nero. Nero, if you ever studied anything about the Caesars, Nero was one of the worst. He was a homosexual. 
He was a glutton. He, he, was, he, was, he was a wretched man, one of the worst that's ever lived. The palace of Nero was interesting. It was an area where this horrible man, Nero Caesar, dined as a glutton with close friends. And I mean a glutton. The middle of this, of this area, this palace, was a hole, sort of like a well, top of a well, open space uh, in between a round area. You know why I was there? Because he and his friends would gorge themselves with food. I mean, literally gorge themselves, then run over to that spot and vomit into that pit. And then they would quickly return to their table and gorge themselves more. You see, Nero is, is an example of a man who materially had it all, but like a pig, fattening himself for the slaughter. You see, it is ridiculous unless you are utterly selfish and you're deceived. I mean, that man actually did that on a regular basis. You say, how could anybody be so stupid to do that? He was, because money deceives you into thinking everything is all right because people pamper you, people uh, almost worship you. you, you I, I know so, someone who um, uh, thinks that, that he's a star because he's well-known and he has some money now and he thinks he has friends. He doesn't have friends. He just has people who... Their philosophy is everybody loves a winner and I'm going to hang around you. If he didn't have these things, he'd see who his true friends were. Money deceives and a materialist has that problem. The final problem a materialist has is the destruction of others because of material possessions. Verse 6. You have condemned and put to death the righteous man. He does not resist you. What is that saying? In James' day, the wealthy... Jewish people controlled the Jewish courts and they could even use their influence with pagan judges to secure the verdict that they wanted. They just paid somebody off. It goes on all the time even today uh, with all kinds of people. We're not talking about Jewish or Gentiles, just money talks. The poor didn't have the money to fight a lawsuit and so they had, even though they had a just cause, they couldn't win. It was a no-win situation. The materialist, James is saying, gets so caught up in his material possessions that he would and does murder for it. We don't need to even expound on this. Just ask one or two questions. What's behind organized crime? Bruce ought to know this. I'm sure he does. You don't need to be a police officer to know this. What's behind organized crime? Greed for power and money. Money will corrupt you, and it will even, yes, even corrupt you to the point that you will kill for it. You'll destroy others because money is more important than anything else. When money becomes your God, that's why Jesus said you cannot serve mammon and God. You can't. And if you serve mammon, you potentially could even kill for it because it means everything to you. Now that's James' message. And I would say to each one of us here who are studying the biblical view of work, we better think twice before we let materialism control us. We better think twice about our whole perspective and perception of money. I think it's only going to get worse in the days ahead. I see us living in days where, where uh, the yuppies control the mentality 
of more and more things and and I want this and I want that and I'll mortgage this home to get that home and I'll do this and I'll take this loan and all of these things and they're so blind to spiritual reality. Are we to be different? Absolutely. Is James writing to believers? No, he's not. But it's a warning to believers not to become materialists and it's a warning to believers not to envy those who are materialists. Listen, they have nothing. I just received, uh, I don't know if I can even remember, quoted something on, from a Christian organization, a little sign that says, if you have everything without Christ, you have nothing. Nothing. Paul said, I would glad, gladly give everything that I once esteemed valuable for the knowledge of knowing Christ. Because in him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Don't envy the wealthy, even the Christian wealthy. Because you know why? You have riches that are so, so important, so valuable. We've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. You're rich. I close with this. Two, two verses, and we'll let the Spirit of God apply it to your heart. Proverbs 11.4 Riches do not profit in the day of wrath for righteousness delivers from death. 2 Corinthians 8.9 For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know it? You know it. That though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. When you have Christ, you have it all. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we live in a day and age where people are amassing great, great amounts of wealth. And, and we live in, in a part of the country that's known for its fun and sun. And Lord, protect us. Protect us as New Testament Christians. Lord, protect us from the thinking also that says, I'm a king's kid, I deserve this all, I ought to ride first class, I ought to be in the best of hotels, and, and, and to let that be our driving force and... Protect us, Lord, from thinking that it's coming to us. Sometimes these things happen, but help us to have the attitude that we don't have to have it. If it comes, fine. If it doesn't, fine. Father, I pray for each one here struggling with materialism. Pray that this, the Word of God would, would really minister, would really protect us. Lord, we so many who come to Florida who have uh, come here to retire and live the good life and Nothing in and of itself that's wrong with that. But Lord, protect us from putting our values in the wrong places. Protect us, Lord, from investing our life in, in everything but the ministry. Protect us, Father, from loving the houses and the condominiums and the boats and the cars and the clothes and the things more than you. Lord, we're not so naive that we don't understand that people are struggling in this area. Protect us. May this be a refreshing reminder. And Lord, when we see the cover of People magazine and we might see something on television or hear about something in the newspaper and of, of the stars so-called and the people who are wealthy and famous, Father, help us to remember James 5. The wealth perishes. It decays. It drives them to do things that are wrong. It, it causes them to to even, even kill if they could. It oppresses people. It's wrong. Father, help us to not covet, to not be envious, because we have it all. And they absolutely have nothing. 
They have just a few years of material things that have been made by man. We've got all of eternity and all the riches that are found in Christ. So purify our hearts. Help us, as James has once again assaulted us. Help us, Lord, to conform to the standards of Scripture. For we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for reminding us that at the end of our lives, we take nothing with us but what we have done for Christ. You have been listening to Verse by Verse. It's a daily radio Bible class led by Pastor Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. We here at Verse by Verse Ministries are delighted to make his practical, down-to-earth messages into these radio classes. We are a faith ministry, which means that the only way these programs continue on the air is through the prayers and financial support of our listeners. If you would like to be part of supporting this ministry, we have helpful information on our website, versebyverseradio.org. Click on the Support Us link, and you will find not only contact information, but also a scriptural philosophy of giving in general. Once more, the web address is versebyverseradio.org. Our class today was the conclusion of a three-part message. You can hear the entire message by ordering a CD or a cassette. Just call us at 727-239-0306. Leave a name and a number, and we will call you back during regular office hours so that you can order your copy. What does the Bible say about how a boss should treat his employees? 